Hello and welcome back to Next Gen. My name is Andrew Pratt and I'm the host of this podcast and I'm excited to be back today to talk about something I am pretty uh, passionate about and a bit about me and a bit of an insight into my journey and who I am and uh, how I got to here uh, recording this podcast and as a pastor and I think this will be a really good experience and a really good episode to listen to. Have you ever heard of communion? If you're not a Christian or, or not a Adventist, you may not have. Um, but I, I think most people probably have. And communion can all, is also called the Lord's Supper. Uh, for some people, they might call it ordinances. Uh, there's a whole heap of different words. Some people even call it the Eucharist. There's a lot of different words that are used for this experience. And I personally have uh, a lot of experience with this, and I put a post up on a Facebook group the other day because I've been, I guess, investigating how we see communion today. And I think that we have come to a really good point in terms of what communion is and, and, and what it means. And we might talk about what it means in another episode, hopefully when I um, start to get all the guests that I've lined up on. And... For, for now, though, I want to talk about my story around communion. And I communion is the reason that I'm actually here today. It is the main reason that I'm here today. And, and you might think, well, why is some random tradition that happens in a Christian church a reason for you to be here today um, as, a, as an Adventist pastor? And it's because it actually changed my life. That's right. Actually experiencing communion, it actually changed my life. It actually flipped things on its head. And that all started back when I was a kid. Um, in fact, when I was three years old is kind of that moment. I was three years old, and that was a moment that I knew I was going to, to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. And many people, they try to say, oh, no, you're a kid, you, you can't do that. But when I was three, I can pinpoint the moment that I decided I was going to be baptized and I was going to become a Christian. I didn't know what I was going to become yet because my journey had only really just begun, but that was the moment. So um, let's, let, let's, let's tell this story. So when I was, uh, was three, uh, my dad was the pastor of the church that we were at, and he and the church elders, they came into our Sabbath school. Um, Sabbath school is like a hour-long Bible study on a Sabbath morning before church. And um, my dad and the elders, they all came in. And here in Sabbath school, they actually did the whole communion service with us. Explained the emblems. Ex uh, they washed our feet. Can you imagine that? Adult elders and an adult pastor coming into a, a mixed kids Sabbath school with kids in there from anywhere from the age of two to ten or eleven and they actually just hung out with us washed our feet and explained all of that and then they um, got down and they and they broke the bread and they explained all of that and they also uh, poured some grape juice out and shared that with us as well now this was a big thing it was a massive thing and i remember sitting there in sabbath school and i was just like wow this is amazing. Jesus did this for me because I'd realized and I understood that the washing of feet isn't just something to clean your feet off. It's actually a 
on both sides an act of humility, both ways. You've got to have a lot of humility to have people touching your feet, and you've got to be have a lot of humility to be touching someone else's feet and putting yourself in that position of service. Um, my sermon on Sabbath was about the uncomfortable gospel that we find in John where Jesus was down at his disciples' feet and even the disciples were uncomfortable with Jesus doing that. They were uncomfortable with Jesus, they were uncomfortable with Jesus washing their feet. And Jesus was like, hey guys, if, if you want to follow me, I got, you've got to let me wash your feet, guys. You, you're Peter, you've got to let me wash your feet. I, I want you to follow me. I want you to understand what this means. And, and Peter's response in, in, in the book of John is, okay, Jesus, wash all of me. And Jesus explains it all to them. And, and Jesus has a great knack of explaining everything to his disciples. And on this day in Sabbath school, my dad and the elders seem to have this great knack of just breaking it to a really simple gospel. It's all it needs to be, a really simple gospel. And then they broke the bread. Um, which, if you are an Adventist, you know it symbolizes, it isn't, it symbolizes the body of Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for us and, and the bread of life. And then the, 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 the grape juice symbolizes his blood and the blood that was poured out on Calvary for us so that we have access to eternal life. And it is a, a representation of what Jesus did with his disciples um, at the Passover feast. And we as Adventists, um, we, we, we tend to do communion around about four or five times a year. Um, there's some denominations where they do it nearly every week. But I believe that this service is, is a time where people can recommit their lives to Jesus or make a decision for Jesus. And on this morning in a Sabbath school in Victoria, in Melbourne, I decided I was going to follow Jesus. I decided in that moment that Jesus was what I was wanting to follow for the rest of my life. And a three-year-old making that decision, that's massive. Why would we want to risk missing out on on all these young kids that are making these decisions? And it wasn't manipulative or anything. I decided of my own volition. And when we were driving home that afternoon, um, after church, being a pastoral family, you're often the last one to leave. And uh, I, I spoke up to, to mum and dad and I said, Dad... Mum, I want to be baptized. And my dad tells a story that he was kind of a little bit in shock because a three-year-old kid, my three-year-old kid, making this decision. And I, um, my mum and dad said, when you're older, you can be baptized. And they reassured me and they affirmed my journey. And because they affirmed my journey in that moment, I decided that from then on, I was following Jesus. And every single year for the next, oh, well, three, four, when I was five, six, seven, eight, and nine, I bugged mum and dad every single year, can I be baptized, can I be baptized, can I be baptized? And then eventually, they, before I turned 10, they said, yes, you can be baptized. And I was baptized on my 10th birthday by my dad and my pa. And that was amazing because it was a confirm. it was not the end of the journey. It was the start of a whole nother journey, which is so complex. And I could sit here for hours telling you everything that I've experienced personally. But I put down that moment that, that turning point in my life, there's been lots of turning points, but the most significant turning point in my life actually happened when I was three years old. It set me on a course for greater success in the future. But communion hasn't always been that wonderful experience in our church. 
there's a history of communion being something that's exclusive. In fact, as an Adventist church, we have a we seem to have a bad habit of trying to make the gospel exclusive. When Jesus went out of his way to turn the gospel into an inclusive message, we don't need to exclude people. Jesus told us that we have to um, spread his word to people all over the earth, not just those who we want. And with communion, um, we have a history in our church where people would, would say, no, you aren't baptized, or you're too young, or you haven't been here before, you can't take part in communion, despite the fact that we as a church recognize and practice according to um, our church manual and according to all the Bible and according to Ellen White's writings, that we practice open communion. The Passover feast wasn't exclusive the entire family and the entire community used to take part. In fact, the Passover feast put children at the very centre of that experience, of that entire weekend, that entire week. Children were essential to almost everything. In fact, the Passover feast itself was opened by children, was included with children. There was children at every stage of that experience. And in fact, the bread of life, the bread, the unleavened bread, would be brought to the table by children after it had been hidden. It, it was beautiful. And for some reason, for a while, we as a denomination and we as a Christian church got away from that. And we were a little bit um, hesitant to enable children and to empower children to be a part of this experience. But thankfully, that culture seems to have disappeared a little bit. And we are, are truly practicing open communion. We are truly allowing ourselves to allow anyone who feels like they, ca- they want to can participate. If you rock up to an Adventist church for the first time and they're doing communion, don't be worried. Don't be worried. They are, we practice open communion. You, you listening to this podcast who, who may not have ever attended a church, you actually have access to, to an experience, to a, a person, to a gospel, and it's an open gospel. You aren't blocked out of it. No matter where you are in life, no matter what's happened in your life, you are allowed to be a part of, of this experience, of this, of this thing. And we as young people, we as the next generation, have all been allowed to experience the gospel in its entirety. And if we are going to go on and, and be a, a relevant force within our communities today, we've got to be comfortable with being open. And being honest. Two things that we as Adventists have struggled to do for a long time. We've got to be open and honest. And now my cat's meowing in the background. That's just great. Come on here, Hank. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's a microphone on. Up. Up. Oh, okay. Okay. Are you going to meow to the podcast? He's probably not going to meow to the podcast, and that's okay. He's sitting on my lap and getting a cuddle. But the gospel is open to all. And we as, a, we as Adventists and we with, with our future um, prospects, we actually have to be willing to allow the gospel to be, to be preached to people that we probably don't agree with. 
and allow people that we don't agree with to be a part of our communities. And um, the more and more I look at at our church communities, the more I realize we are struggling, but we've also got a great gifting. Um, this Just this week, I've had so many experiences where my one of my local churches is opening itself up to so many ministry opportunities that they've never been open to. And that's just amazing, and it's exciting, and it's affirming, and it uh, says to me that they are excited, really, mate, that they are excited to hear the gospel and to share the gospel for once. And I'm I'm so glad that I'm able to experience this in a community as we go through that change, as we become a force that enables the next generation to be a part of our church. And And what does... Being a generation that is looking towards the next, what does that mean? Well, I think it means that we are motivating those around us and we are empowering those around us to take on the responsibility and say, hey, I'm not just going to sit by and let the gospel message go to waste. I'm going to make it a part of my life and I'm going to make it a part of the lives of those around me. And I am I'm excited for what we've we've achieved as a church even this year there's been so many things that have happened despite so many crazy things and as we get uh, better and better in in our local context here in the mid-north coast uh, there's so many things that have gone wrong but there's also so many things that are starting to go right and with communion communion gives us an opportunity to share with our community the blessings and the reality of what it means to be a saved person. We don't have to magically become perfect. And I, I believe that true perfection isn't a behavioral thing. I don't believe that true perfection is sinlessness. I believe that true perfection comes when we are serving our communities. It comes when when we are making ourselves a a vessel for mission and for service. When we do those two things, we become perfect. We take on the perfection of Christ. We don't behaviorally be perfect. We still sin. And and that's where Jesus stands in the gap for us. But if we take on the mission and the service and the attitude that Jesus see Jesus has extended to us, we we do become a perfect representation of Christ to our community. And we only do that when we are inclusive. And I believe communion is a perfect opportunity to show our communities just how inclusive we are, whether people are three year old, three years old or ninety nine years old. I believe that they have the opportunity to take on and to be a part of a community of people who are following Jesus. And I am so excited for for where we're going as a denomination in the next few years because we've got a tough journey ahead, but I think that we are we have never been more well equipped to share Jesus with our first world community. We've just got to get out there and do it, which is harder than ever before, but it's also never been more accessible. I've just sat here for the past 15 minutes and done it right here. So without further ado, I just want to thank you for, for sticking around and listening to this podcast today, um, listening to my rant. And uh, I'll be really honest with you, I've been very inconsistent in the past few weeks. We've had a lot on and that's not an excuse. 
Um, but I haven't been able to make the 45 minutes to sit down and record and edit a podcast. And um, Michaela, my wife, she'll tell you that I've been moaning and whinging about, oh, I haven't done that, I haven't done that, when I probably should have just come and done it because I've been passionate about talking about this for a few weeks. And I'm looking forward to where we go with this podcast. It's not the most professional and polished thing in the world, but it's still something that I believe that can have a great impact. And the Adventist podcast movement has been so beautiful lately. You've got so many that have just started and so many that are just beautiful. You've got Burn the Haystack, which is, they're kind of now the veterans um, of, of Adventist podcasts. And then you've now also got things like Beyond the, on Beyond the Pew from um, Jacob up in South Queensland. You've got so many other beautiful podcasts that are, are coming out of the woodwork and we're starting to build a flourishing community of Adventist creators and I'm excited. So thanks for listening to Next Gen. My name's Andrew Pratt and I'll catch all of you guys in the next one.